All right, guys. So it's time for another fantasy football podcast. Got the Chicago Bears in this one. And as you guys know, these podcasts are supposed to just be a little bit more in-depth version of the YouTube video that I posted earlier last week. Uh, and this is going to be the last stop on the NFC North Tour. Uh, we can get started off here right away with the quarterback situation. So the quarterback room is an interesting one. We got Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. But <laughs> just as a whole, I got to start off and say, man, how the Bears really messed this up. The whole quarterback room. You look back to when they drafted Mitchell Trubisky. Everyone knew that that was a mistake at that time, trading up for him and whatnot. Or I shouldn't say new. Everyone thought that that was a mistake, trading up for Trubisky at that point. And, you know, you look at the quarterback that they signed ahead of him, Mike Lennon. That was supposed to be the quarterback to groom Trubisky. And that now they bring in Nick Foles. Actually, we can even backtrack a little bit. They brought in Chase Daniels to be Nick Fol- or to be Mitchell Trubisky's backup. And that was never really true competition for Trubisky. You look at Mike Lennon, look at Chase Daniels, and now you look at Nick Foles. These are three quarterbacks that Trubisky realistically, as a number one drafted or first-round drafted quarterback, should be able to beat out <laughs> each and every year. If it were a good pick, which it just it just wasn't. You know, if they had a quality caliber quarterback, I you know, even if they had like Cousins or Dalton or you know, someone like that, I think that they'd be playoff favorites each and every year. And now this year, just with the quarterback room the way it is, I'm just not sure I see them as a playoff team. Now, it does matter which quarterback they use and how they use each quarterback. I think Foles would be a much more consistent quarterback for them and just I think he'll be the better quarterback for them for that team so you know from a fantasy aspect I think I would rather the team have Nick Foles be the quarterback if you look at what Foles averaged the last three years when he has started and finished the game last year it was 16.3 uh 2018 it was 15.1 and uh 2017 it was 17 fantasy points now obviously Foles has been pretty much a career backup okay which is why it wouldn't shock me if they went with Trubisky but if Nick Foles is going to be named the starter I think he could be a solid guy in like a two quarterback or super flex league like if you kind of are just forced to I guess not really chase your quarterback depth in that type of format. And Nick Foles is like the 30th quarterback or the 28th quarterback available, and you're just kind of forced into it. I, I, I think he'll be fine for you. I think, you know, around 14 to, you know, 16 fantasy points per game is going to be the norm for him. And he's going to be right around that point threshold more times than not. I think he's going to gain a lot more starts this year consistently now I don't think he'll have those high upside games I think that's more Trubisky for fantasy purposes so like in a best ball league if Trubisky was named the starter I think I'd much rather have him than Foles so it really just matters you know league format and what you're drafting for I'll get into Trubisky a little bit here now as well so he's currently being drafted as the QB1 in that offense he's currently going as quarterback 25 overall um, you look at his starts gain on the year, and you know the reason why I look at starts gain is kind of it point or paints a nice picture, I think, and it's just another tool to use. So you look at Trubisky; he gained seven starts out of fifteen games last year, and 
you know, you look at someone like Aaron Rodgers, he only had six. Rodgers finished as QB9. Trubisky finished a little worse than that. So I do think it's something that we do need to look at a little bit. Trubisky did have a nice stretch in there, a nice six-week stretch where they remembered that he was good on his legs, that his legs are a weapon. And they kind of started to utilize him that way. They started to get Tariq Cohen involved in the offense. And there's a six-week stretch from week 10 to week 15 where he averaged 20.2 fantasy points per game, which was solid. <laughs> you know, most of his starts gain came from that. And for some of you guys that don't know what starts gain, it is, it's uh, a point threshold that I need a player to hit at a certain position. So for quarterbacks, it's 15 fantasy points per game. Uh, for running backs and receivers, it's 10 and a half point PPR league. And for tight ends, it's eight and a half point PPR league. Um, and I kind of just do that because if a player is consistently hitting that number throughout the whole season, you know, the more starts gain that they have on the season, the more they're going to be helping you week to week or <laughs> the less they're going to be hurting you week to week, essentially, is the point of it. So, you know, if you were to get a quarterback that, you know, God, 16 out of 16 starts earned, that's going to help you a ton, obviously. Um, and kind of the the main point behind that as well is that, if you have a running back and receiver that's gained over 10 fantasy points per game in a half-point PPR league, if you know, you've got two running backs, uh, two to three receivers, we'll just say two receivers and a flux, you know, that's 50 fantasy points per game in a half-point PPR league. Uh, you add the quarterback in there, getting 15, that's 65. You can mix in you know, a tight end, getting eight, then you're over 70, and then you have the kicker and defense if you guys use those. You know, you're right around 90 to 95 fantasy points per game. This just helps you be a much more consistent week-to-week -week and season-long. You know, I like using starts earned or starts gained because it's just a level of consistency. And if we just look at it historically and projecting forward into the next season, you're just going to win more games. And if you're going to be winning more games, you're more likely to make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs, you're giving your shot yourself a shot at the championship so that's why i like to look at starts gain it's kind of a, a proprietary stat of nine to five if you will you know whatever uh, it's just something i like to look at it's another tool to use we got a lot of stats to look at it's just another one that i like to add in there because i think it's useful it really paints a picture but either way these are two quarterbacks that i don't want to go out of my way to grab I think if the matchup's correct they'll be solid waiver wire quarterbacks you know if there's a defense rated 29th 30th, 31st, 32nd against the quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to fire up these guys. And I think I would fire them up with, you know, confidence that they're going to do well. And, you know, they might be fine DFS assets as well. I will say, I am very curious about the quarterback battle for preseason DFS purposes because I think that both of them will get a lot of playing time. And honestly, if Trubisky's going against, you know, second, third string players, that's a little bit appealing to me, especially with his rushing upside in the preseason. So that's something I'm paying attention to there uh, for the preseason DFS purposes. Um, let's get into the running back room. So David Montgomery finished as running back 22, and he's currently being drafted as running back 20. He had six earns or gained starts on the year out of 16 weeks. And, you know, that's not that great for a running back. And, you know, David Montgomery... He didn't struggle last year. I'm sorry he did, but he didn't. The reason why people would say that he struggled is because they were hyping him up a little bit too much. You know, you never really want to be the guy that's reaching for a rookie running back for the most part. And really for me, reaching for a running back is anything 
before the third round in fantasy football drafts. But with David Montgomery, is just a little bit different. You know, typically I just don't like to draft rookie receivers or running backs because it t- typically takes them a while to figure it out. Most of the time it's just a matter of when, not if. I like to say that, say that a lot with, like, rookies because it's true. You know, eventually they're going to be fantasy assets. You look at Miles Sanders last year. You look at A.J. Brown last year. You know, those are players where, yes, they have the talent. It's not a matter of if they have the talent. It's just a matter of when we're going to be able to use them in the fantasy football season. I typically like to pick up rookies like that or trade for rookies like that halfway through the season, you know, when they become available or when I can trade for them because they, they're going to go off eventually. It's just a matter of when. David Montgomery, I think the one is going to be this year. I just really like him. And I think he's going to be a solid RB2 for us. I think he's going to finish around RB15 and just be a consistent producer. I think the six earned starts is going to go to around nine or ten. And he'll have some monster weeks for us where he really carries the team, where he gets a 20-point performance. You know, he should be able to get some more <laughs> goal line touchdowns. And just overall just be a more consistent fantasy producer. So I do like him. And then we'll get into Tardy Cohen a little bit. He is currently going as running back 52. And I just think that's a little bit too low because he's someone that can be a nice just bench filler for us. Yeah, he's not a guy that's going to go out and win you your league. That's not going to be him. He's going to be, I wouldn't say James White-esque, I guess, James White-esque, where if you're forced to start him, you kind of shrug your shoulders and go, oh, all right, we'll start him. That's fine. You know, and he did have that same six-week stretch in there where the Chicago Bears kind of figured out how to be an NFL offense. You know, I touched on it, the six-week stretch in there where Trubisky averaged 20 Point two fantasy points per game, you know, week 10 to week 15. Trudy Cohen averaged 10 fantasy points per game in half-point PPR league through that stretch as well. So obviously there were some big weeks in there. I think the Bears are going to use this offseason to go back and realize, hey, we got to get back to what made us successful in the 2018-2019 season. And, you know, they did that a little bit last year, but I think they're really going to go back to the film this year and realize, hey, we got away from what we are as an offense and what made it successful as an offense. I think they're going to be able to figure that out. So I think Cohen going at RB52 is just way too late. So I really like that as a value draft pick and maybe not the best best ball player to draft. But season long, he's just a fine you know, bench ad and a guy that you can start in the pinch if you have to. Now, typically, I don't like to go for those players, but I just saw his ADP, and I was just like, wow, that's a little bit too low. And, you know, really, for the most part, all these Bears players, their ADPs are really quite low. And we'll move on to the receivers here. So we've got Allen Robinson. So <laughs> Allen Robinson, with the poor quarterback play, the accuracy issues of Trubisky, and this is where I think Nick Foles could come in and just be, you know, more consistent, where he could help someone like Allen Robinson, where – the throws are just a little bit better and, you know, more consistent there. You know, I've said that a few times now, but A-Rob, he finished as receiver 11 last year. He gained 10 starts out of 16 weeks last year. And he's currently going as receiver 24. I don't really get that, to be honest with you. He's currently the best player on that offense, and the offense should go kind of through him. And I think the emergence of the next player I'll mention, Anthony Miller here, will also be a threat and kind of help free up some space for A-Rob. 
I'm perfectly fine with taking Robinson in the third round and being happy with it. You know, I already touched on it with Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen, and now Allen Robinson. You know, those guys are all, you know, third rounders pretty much. Kenny Galladay's ADP is starting to trickle up there a little bit. But if you're telling me I could potentially get, if I had the late third pick and you know Adam Thielen and Alan Robinson were there the you know at the turn I would have a grin on my face and I'd be smiling because I already have two good running backs most likely and I get those two you know two receiver ones that are going to get the targets and they're going to be consistent fantasy producers we're going to win more weeks then I just I think he's going too late I do and you know at receiver 24 we're pretty much drafting that him at the worst outcome so I like that draft value because what the best outcome I would say would be like receiver seven or so. I don't know if he's going to get higher than that, but I just don't think he's going to get lower than, I guess, receiver 25, to be fair. He's going to be somewhere in the middle of that range, so we're getting him at the bottom of that range. That's just too low. That's a great ADP steal currently, and I'd be targeting him right now if I was drafting right now. We'll have to wait and see what his ADP is going to be later on, but I love that ADP right now. And then speaking of ADPs that I love, we got um, Anthony Miller. So Taylor, Gabriel, Tyler, Taylor, 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 Tyler, Taylor, Gabriel. I was messing that up on the YouTube video a ton. I kept saying it wrong. I apologize for that, but I got it right now. So Gabriel's not going to be there. And you look at the weeks when Gabriel was injured and not playing, Anthony Miller really stepped up, and he had um, a 10.8 fantasy points per week and a half-point PPR average in games without Gabriel, which would have been a top-30 fantasy receiver the stretch that throughout the whole season. Now, that's a little skewed as well because kind of the last two weeks, the Bears just... <laughs> I don't know what the Bears were doing, but they weren't <laughs> being an NFL team. You kind of just take those last two weeks, and then Anthony Miller would have been a much better producer there. But he's currently going as receiver 54, and I just I think that's way too low. And it's kind of like a safe sleeper, if you will, because it's more than likely that he's going to finish way better than that. I would say a top 30 receiver is about right for him. And I'm perfectly fine taking him there. If I can get him later than that, if I can get him at like receiver 40 or so, I'm happy with that because it's it should be safe. And he really does have upside. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished as a top 20 receiver. Obviously quarterback play would have to be a lot better this year and maybe you know Foles is that answer and then we're just happy with the draft pick and Anthony Miller you know I'm perfectly fine with him in best ball drafts and whatnot I think that's a great ADP steal right now and then we move into the tight end room so I don't know if any of you guys caught this but the Bears are really trying to revolutionize the game the NFL game as a whole from the offensive side. They're going to go with a 10 tight end formation. One quarterback, 10 tight ends, because that's how many they have on the roster. So it's really going to revolutionize the game. Can you imagine it? You got three tight ends split out wide. You got five on the line. Uh, I already, yeah, five on the line. Two split out the other way. You, you just don't know what's going to hit you there. It's just there's too many tight ends there, and then you got some of them running routes and whatnot. 
they're really trying to revolutionize the game there with that that time tight end situation formation chicago bears 2020 season it's a great idea you know jimmy graham demetrius harris the rookie cole adam shaheen and whoever else they have on their roster it's just kind of a weird situation the tight end room is hard to figure out fantasy wise because one it shouldn't be a factor and two we just don't know who it is yet we'll have to pay attention to the preseason but i just don't think any of them are going to hold value really in preseason dfs season-long dfs or fantasy football so that whole tight end room is not something i want to you know attack aggressively and you know as far as betting the over and under on them I think they're going to finish the worst in the NFC North. Just the more I break it down, the more I think that's going to happen. Now, I already mentioned it. I think the Vikings are a few injuries away from being irrelevant. So that would be my worry with the Vikings. So if the Vikings get a little bit more banged up, I think they could finish as the worst team in the NFC North. But right now, as it stands, I think the Bears are the worst team in the NFC North. And I know it's kind of a hot take, especially after the Packers draft. But I still think my two favorite teams in the NFC North are going to be the Packers and the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions are going to be the team that I would want to bet on if I were betting the over and unders here. Now, I will say, the NFC North does seem like it's a really tight race. So I don't want to be making anyone mad here with that take there. It's really close. They can go anyway. I think it'll be a tight battle. But if I had to place bets, be on the Packers to win the division still even with their bad draft. And then the Detroit Lions to be the wild card team. And I think that they will actually make the playoffs. Then I would bet the under on the Vikings and the Bears. But that's all I have for this podcast. Kind of short and simple. No guest on today. Wanted to wrap up the NFC North Tour. And the next podcast, we're going to be touching on the Miami Dolphins. And then after that, the Bills, Pats, and Jets. So... You know, I'm looking forward to that one. That one's actually going to have a little bit more hot taste because, you know, there's some rookies coming in and some new faces in some new places. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to those ones a little bit more just because it's going to be a little bit more entertaining. You know, the takes from the NFC North podcast series was pretty much cookie cutter. But it'll be nice to, you know, dive a little bit deeper into it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, a like, five-star review, or a comment saying how much you enjoyed it really goes a far ways. So I do appreciate that in advance. Thanks, guys. We're out.